Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. There is no self-made man. There is no self-fulfilled person. If you don't give back, if you don't take other people on the journey, you won't be expressing the best of yourself. You won't be taking it further. You won't be educating. You won't be inspiring. You won't be motivating others. And you won't be transforming anything because you'll be too indulged in yourself. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Lee Chambers, environmental psychologist and well-being consultant about mental toughness and how to overcome extremely hard life circumstances. Lee lost the ability to walk at the age of 29, and after he had time to reflect, he realized what's most important to him. He was able to leverage that, build the mindset of a champion so that he could learn to walk again. Here's my conversation with Lee Chambers. All right, Lee, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice, nice. First of all, like we do every episode, Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I know there are many things that you could be doing right now, but you decided to give us a little bit of time. So we appreciate that. It's a pleasure, Elsie. The second thing I like to do is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, Lee, I mean, you can go all the way back to when it all started or you can start current day. Tell us about yourself. I grew up in England. I had a roof over my head and food in my stomach. My parents worked hard for that. I was the first one in my family to go to university. I had some struggles at university with my mental health, but managed to overcome them to graduate. Graduated into a finance job and the credit crunch took the job and my training away. So I built a business and worked in local government, trained and ended up working in elite sports and then lost the ability to walk, which completely changed my worldview and led me to set up my well-being consultancy and coaching company that I run today. Wow. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more in a minute, but <laughs> let's take a left turn and learn a little bit more about you. What's your favorite thing to do, Lee? My favorite thing to do is coaching my disability football team. So in a big way, when I lost the ability to walk, I didn't have any way to get my competitive side out while I was relearning and disability football became something that was really important to me. So I started playing and now I've moved to actually coach a local team. And that's a really big thing for me because I can help people who 
have gone through the similar struggles to me and have big life challenges to really get out there, do something they enjoy and leave with a big smile on the face. So talk a little bit more about your struggles with mental health. You mentioned that a little bit in your answer. So what were those struggles and how did you overcome them? Yeah, so I moved away from my parents to university. And for the first six months, I found myself having freedom. And I found that positive. I joined societies, made new friends, joined clubs. But in the second six months, I started to struggle as I tried to transverse from being a child to becoming an adult. I found it difficult to define who I was as a man. And I started struggling with my studies. I froze while delivering a business presentation in front of 300 other students. And my own self-care started to drop. And I really got into quite a dark place where I started to isolate myself away from other people. And I didn't really have the emotional intelligence to dig deep and find out who I was authentically and who I was going to be in the future. And that led me then to isolate myself fully for two weeks until my parents came to my dorm and took me home. And going home, I had to rebuild myself back up, go back to university to redo the things I'd failed and gradually get through to graduate. But it was a challenging time, which really made me appreciate how difficult things can be when you get into that point where you start to spiral downwards. And it's difficult sometimes as a young man because you don't always have the tools and the awareness to go forth and seek help, especially not for me. It was over 15 years ago now. And I think now there's a lot more awareness. People are a bit more vulnerable and open to speak. And that's a big part of what I project when I go and speak in education is that there's people here for you. There's wellbeing officers. Go and speak to your doctor in talk to your friends. There's people who you can talk to. Don't isolate yourself. There's a couple of key concepts that you hit on in there that I want to unpack a little bit later. Emotional intelligence and self-isolation and really self-awareness. So you also mentioned that you lost the ability to walk. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was 29. I was in good physical health and good physical shape. I was playing team sports. I was independent. I could do whatever I wanted when I wanted. And I suddenly became ill. My immune system started sacking my joints. So it attacked my wrist first. So I just thought I must have been using the computer too much this week. And that was on a Thursday. And then on the Sunday, my knee locked in place. And then I got a little bit worried. I went to the doctors. They give me some steroids to bring the swelling down. But then on Tuesday, it happened to my shoulder. And then on Wednesday, it happened to my other knee. So that left me in hospital for a month completely unable to move. I had people helping me shower and feed myself. My son was only 18 months old. My wife was six months pregnant. And it was a very challenging time. And at first, I had the natural reaction to grieve for my mobility and feel doesn't really seem fair. I'm so young. Why me? But then that very quickly turned to reflection about how ungrateful I'd been for being able to walk and how ungrateful I'd been for the people that are now helping me do the things that I can't do. And then that even went further for me to start to think, well, I live in a first world country. I've had free education. I've had the freedom to set up a business. I've had numerous different careers and so many opportunities that other people might not have had. Why should I sit here and be ungrateful and feel sorry for myself? And I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to get back on my feet and go through rehab 
and fight disease as much as it's attacking my body and just be proactive and resilient through the challenges and the difficult times. And I had that desire to say that my daughter was born not long after I got out of hospital. And when I was in rehab, I was determined that I was going to be walking by the time she was walking. That was my why, my reason, my motive to keep going on those mornings when I was in so much pain, when I was stiff, when it was hard, when I didn't want to. I decided that I was going to go 100% to be committed to be walking again and playing with my children in my garden. And that pushed me on through those challenging times. That is amazing for a number of reasons. Lee, why do you think that some people have that switch, that gear, that why, and some people don't? Some people, given the exact same circumstances, would have given up and gone the other direction. Why do you think that is? I think that in some ways, life is full of challenges, is full of failures and mistakes. And the ability to take ownership over those and detach the emotion and start to unpick them apart for the data that they are, because everything's an experiment. And I just feel that for some people, suffering does generate growth, but it's very difficult sometimes when you're in that scenario to really see the other side, to see the positives. And again, we're as people, some people are more optimistic, some people are more pessimistic. I think everyone has that initial reaction to struggle of, this just doesn't seem fair because we have that like negative bias psychologically that tends to anchor in on that. But some people anchor in really, really deeply. It starts to seep into their identity and become who they are. And the difference between having that victim's mindset and that victor's mindset it's not actually that much. Some people take a lot longer to get to that point than others, whereas some people get to it quite quickly. And I think that for me, having gone through the mental health struggles and the redundancy and losing my professional qualification opportunities really helped me in those challenging times for a bigger challenge to have that resilience and have that mindset to really push through. And I know that when I was in recovery, there was other people in recovery with me as well they had the heads down, they were desolate, they were feeling, they were struggling. And I didn't look down on them and think they should be doing it like this because we all have to go for our own journey to shape who we are. And sometimes it does take a crisis to open our eyes up to how amazing our potential is and how far we can push ourselves. And I just think there becomes a point where in your life where you decide, I'm not going to be held back by these limits that I believe. I'm going to be proactive and move forward and take ownership of everything, the good things and the bad things, and really make my life the way I want it to be. Fantastic. So I have an idea of what the answer to this question is, but I want to ask it anyway, because it might surprise me. So inspiration is a driving force. What inspires you? So I'm inspired by helping other people fulfill the potential and helping people understand that the body and the mind are amazing things that we can be utilized, but we spend so much of our lives switched off that we just don't really feel that on a daily basis. And it's understandable. We're not going to get eaten by that tiger anymore. So, so many of our senses and our acuity 
they're not switched on. But what really inspires me is sharing my message and building that awareness, but helping people to take responsibility for understanding themselves, understanding why they behave the way that they do and why they have those feelings and thoughts, and then really helping them find their path and chisel it out to find what is their big vision and then helping them smash it into thousands of pieces so they can do a little bit every day to get closer towards who they want to be and who they want to become. Awesome. Now, as motivation is a pulling force, what motivates you? So my motive really is I want to, when I'm on my deathbed ready to die, be able to say that I made a difference in the world. My motive is to change people's perceptions of their own minds, their own bodies, and realize they have all they have and all they need inside of them to really reach their potential and reach any ambitions and goals that they have. So for me, that kind of motivation is I want at my funeral for my family to say, he was a good man. He tried to make a difference. He tried to impact people in a positive way. He spread a positive message. And I want to be there having no regrets that I didn't try and find my own way, make my own way, and really enjoy the process of the journey while enlightening others and helping people, empowering people. And then those people that I look to empower can empower others. And I just want to leave the world a happier place than I came into the world. Tell us about a butterfly moment in your life when you went from being in a cocoon to being a beautiful butterfly? It was definitely that moment where my worldview changed and I suddenly got that gratitude during my recovery. I mean, for me, I'd not understood before. I had a successful business and I've been through challenges, but I was still kind of measuring myself against society. I had the fancy car and the big house. And it's so easy to get blinded by that even when you're aware because we all have so many blind spots and it's very, very easy to just keep listening to what society tells you and what society envisions success is. But lying in that bed and having so much time to reflect and having lots of basic things taken away from me, it just ignited a fire inside of me to think, what really matters? And what really mattered to me was the ability to be a man who could be there for his family, who could play with his children, and who could help other people in similar situations to transverse the challenges of life. And I always wanted to help people find that motive, help them find the inspiration so they would empower themselves because everyone has so much to give. Everyone has a purpose and lots of missions to undertake. And for me, it just opened me up. I'd been so close before just trying to make my business a success and just prove to people that I can do it on my own. And what that opened me up to realize is there is no self-made man. There is no self-fulfilled person. If you don't give back, if you don't take other people on the journey, you won't be expressing the best of yourself. You won't be taking it further. You won't be educating. You won't be inspiring. You won't be motivating others. And you won't be transforming anything because you'll be too indulged in yourself. Nice. So speaking of education, give us about two or three minutes worth of 
some nuggets, some actionable tips or something that we can use in our businesses to make them better? Okay, so definitely what I would say is looking after your body and your mind, they're your biggest assets. So if you kind of think your business, you're the leader driving in a lorry on the highway at 70 miles an hour, heading towards your goal, but you need to know where you're going first off to make sure you're driving in the right direction. And that requires you to look at your company's values and your purpose. Is that aligned with the difference you want to make? If it is, that's great. You've got your employees, your management and your team driving alongside you. But everyone's driving a vehicle. People have got to be well. They've got to have their minds in a good place and they've got to be physically well. You've got to ensure that people are sleeping as well as they can. Because again, they fall asleep at the wheel. They're going to crash into other people in the business. That conflict, those mistakes, they become costly. People have got to try and be eating well. So they're alive, they're vitalized, they're energized. They come to it motivated. They're engaged in what they're doing. And that all comes together with the mindset and the habits that they have. And it's really important to build that across the business, that culture of care where people are willing to speak to each other, make sure that everyone is okay, make sure that everyone is driving on that highway in the same direction, make sure your employees know. And even if it's just you and you're a solopreneur, just know that your business is a vehicle to transform something in the world, to make the world a better place. And you can do that. You can do that not only for your investors and for your own pocket, but for society, for the partners and collaborators you work with, for your employees and for the world at large. What is your business's purpose? What change are you going to make? How are you going to do that? And I just think when companies anchor into that and become purposeful, they start to look at regenerating. They actually care about the employees' opinions. It ignites your business, sets it on fire and sets you off like a rocket to a new place. And that is what I do through my work as an environmental psychologist and well-being consultant within organizations. Fantastic. Now, if people want to touch base with you, reach out, ask questions, how can they do that? Yep. So you can find me on my website at leechambers.org and you can find me on Twitter at Essentialize and Instagram at Essentialize Coach. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Lee. Been a pleasure, Elsie. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.